0: Too long didn't listen. Do you have bipolar ruminations where something gets stuck in your head and you just can't get rid of it? But here's the thing: are bipolar ruminations even real? Is that an actual medical diagnosis? We dive deep into this and more on this episode.
1: You're listening to Inside Bipolar, a healthline media podcast, where we tackle bipolar disorder using real-world examples and the latest research.
0: Welcome, everyone. My name is Gabe Howard, and I live with bipolar disorder.
1: And I'm Dr. Nicole Washington, a board-certified psychiatrist.
0: I've been thinking, Dr. Nicole. I've been thinking about the podcast, and I, and I think about the podcast a lot. And inside bipolar is new, so there's there's a lot to think about. And I just I keep going over like previous recordings, things that you've said, things that I've said, things that could be better. And I just, it just keeps going around and around and around and around in my mind. And I, I, I feel like there's a name for that.
1: Yeah, that sounds like a rumination.
0: So I'm, I'm ruminating on something. Now, is is that a, a diagnosis? Can you diagnose somebody with bipolar ruminations?
1: <laughs> you cannot, you cannot. And before everybody gets upset with me, i f- fully get that you may experience that, but it is not an official thing. It's not in the DSM. It's not something that we would put on your diagnosis list that you see when you leave your doctor. It's not an official diagnosis. We would consider it more of a symptom. A lot of people
0: with bipolar disorder report ruminations, but I mean, you you see a lot of patients with bipolar disorder. Are they coming to you and saying that they're doing this?
1: Not typically as a single complaint. People don't normally come in and say everything else is going really great, but I'm having these ruminating thoughts. That's not usually where it goes. But in the course of asking questions about how they're doing, these things do happen. So my question usually is when are they happening? What's your mood state when they're happening? If they're happening during a hypomanic or a manic phase, maybe this focus is related to your mania, right? Maybe this getting stuck on the topic and not being able to let it go. Maybe it's because of that. If it's in a what we call a euthymic phase or a normal mood phase, then maybe it's something else. Now you're you're breaking
0: out big words. Is, is big euthymic words. a big word? Or is this like what I do where I make up words?
1: What we call euthymic just means a normal mood. Wow. So doctors have
0: special words to mean fine.
1: <laughs> yes, we do.
0: the rest of us are like, I'm fine. Doctors are like, I'm euthymic. Euthymic. Yeah, it
1: does sound very <laughs> fancy, but it is an official way for me to put in your note that your mood is normal.
0: Ruminating thoughts for me is when I just get ultra focused on something that that's already passed. That that's when I find that it's it's really really damaging. And it, it's not that I never get ultra focused on things that are in the future, but if it's happening in the future, at least that focus could be productive it's often not productive but it at least it has a, a small potential to be productive Ruminating thoughts for me is uh, let's say Dr. Nicole, you and I get in a disagreement. Okay. Just a run-of-the-mill disagreement. I want this topic, you want that topic. And I send you an email and I'm like, you know, Dr. Nicole, I I don't feel comfortable. The answer is no, I've heard all of your thoughts, but for me, I have to set a hard boundary here. Now that's you know, that's concerning. Nobody wants to do that with a coworker, right? So now I hit send, and then it's all I think about is all of these variations of you getting that email until you answer, all I'm thinking about is should I have sent the email and how will you react? And it manifests itself in me like rereading the email. Like I'll pull up the email on my phone. I'll I'll be sitting there watching a television show, half an hour will go by and I just keep checking my email Mm -hmm. over and over and over again. People will ask me questions and I will answer the question in some form of I sent Dr. Nicole an email telling her no, and I'm afraid that she's going to receive it wrong. Right. It never stops. It never, ever, ever stops until you answer.
1: Right. So you know what's really possible? There are people not living with bipolar disorder who deal with these exact same issues. Right. These are not unique to an individual with bipolar disorder. I do think that what happens, though, is when you have an illness that is as consuming as bipolar disorder is to manage, sometimes you think that everything that goes on in your head has to do with the fact that you have bipolar disorder, which may not be the case.
0: I love that you brought that up because people with bipolar disorder experience a large ray of emotions just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. But for some reason whenever we're angry, it's bipolar anger. Mm-hmm. Right? It's it's not just anger. Now, using that bipolar anger, I I do feel that there is a level of anger that is really escalated. By having bipolar disorder, it just maybe it's because of mania, maybe it's because of grandiosity, right? uh, Maybe it's because of psychosis
1: in a manic phase, right? Or in a hypomanic phase. But what about when you're... Euthymic, right? What about when your mood is at that place that's normal for you? So let me just make it clear when I say normal mood, I mean happy when something happens that would typically make me happy, angry when it's appropriate, sad when it's appropriate. But none of those things the anger, the sadness, the reacting to the world around you none of that stuff takes you down. When you're depressed and something sad happens, it'll take you down for days. Can't get out of bed, you're not eating. When your mood is normal, something sad happens. You can process it better. You can think through it better. You can work through it, sit it on the shelf, go about your day. You might pick it back up every now and then, but you're dealing with it kind of in a normal mood kind of way. So when your mood is normal for you, whatever that looks like for you, You can get angry and yell at somebody in traffic and give them a fancy hand signal and whatever it is. But to me, that doesn't necessarily mean that's part of your bipolar illness. You're still a person. You still have personality. You still have a temperament about you that is unique to you. I don't always think those things are related to to your bipolar disorder.
0: I do think there's this tendency to blame everything on bipolar disorder, but everybody ruminates. My, my wife, who has no mental illness whatsoever, she's a supervisor, and she recently had to fire somebody. And of course, she got approval from Human Resources and knew that this was coming on Tuesday, but they fire people on Fridays, Friday afternoon to be exact. So from Tuesday to Friday, this occupied her mind a lot. She's a nice person. She doesn't want to have to do this. It's difficult to look somebody in the eyes and say, I'm sorry, you no longer work here. Here's your last paycheck. Here's your stuff. So there's just all of this going through her mind and she's playing over and over and over again. What's going to happen on Friday? Again, no mental illness whatsoever, but I got to say, I think if it was me, I would have handled it worse. She was still productive at work, right? She still got like the rest of her job done. I would have just sat on the couch for three and a half days
1: some people have more than one disorder, right? Like you can have bipolar disorder and you can have an anxiety disorder. You can have both. And if you're somebody who, has an anxiety disorder in your normal mood state where you tend to worry about things or overthink things to the point that you're overthinking that email going back to the email and you can't let it go. Like you're thinking about, should I have said this? Oh, I probably shouldn't have put that sentence in there. Maybe I should have said it this way. Is she upset? Let me see if she's responded yet. Like if you can't let that go and it's on loop, it's like watching the same YouTube video on repeat in your brain then that may be a different issue. Who knows? Who knows?
0: I really like that you pointed out that it might be a different issue. I I think that often people living with bipolar disorder, especially myself, anytime it comes to mood, personality, anything with my brain or mental health, I just assume Bipolar disorder has to be the primary culprit. And that's dangerous. It is dangerous. If I assume that everything is the fault of bipolar disorder, I'm never going to improve as a human. Right. Let's go back to my wife having to terminate an employee, right? There, there's an art to it. There, there's training. There's learning, right? It was the first time that she ever had to do it. She's a new supervisor. Fast forward five years, she's got it down. She's not right. as worried. But what if she decided that the reason that she was bad at or ruminated on terminating somebody was because she was a woman and women have a hard time firing people because they're just so kind. And this is a true thing, by the way, somebody said this to her. Well, you know, women, they don't like to fire people. And she's like, what, what are you, what does this have to do with my genitals? I don't, I don't understand.
1: Not a doggone thing, but go ahead.
0: (laughs) Exactly. But if she would have believed them, this would have prevented her from gaining the experience and getting better. So you replace, oh, well, you're just struggling with this because you're a woman with, oh, yeah, you have ruminations because you're bipolar. I think you end up in the same place.
1: And you're doing to yourself what you get mad at other people for doing, right? So, whenever you get upset, you get mad, and your loved one says, Did you take your meds? Are you manic? Are you okay? And you get ticked off every time they assume all of your behaviors that aren't kumbaya as your bipolar disorder. You just did the same thing.
0: Dr. Nicole with the real talk. <laughs> oh, I just, but this is the resting point for many of us. We would never tolerate anybody treating our friends. The way that we treat ourselves.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Bringing this back to the ruminations question, though, we didn't just make this up. You and I didn't sit around and say, hey, let's pretend that ruminations and bipolar disorder go hand in hand. This was a search term on Psych Central. I, I sit in many a support group and-, and people are like, I just can't get it out of my head. I just ruminate over and over again. I believe you indicated that people even talk to you about it in your practice. Yeah. So, on one hand, I want to be like, hey, ruminations is just part of the human experience. but. I do feel like there's something more when it comes to ruminations for people with bipolar disorder. And you indicated that it might have to do with hypomania or mania.
1: Well, it depends on what you're ruminating about, right? When you think about mania and one of the key kind of symptoms of that mood episode being an increase in activity, an increase in goal-directed activity, the racing thoughts, a lot of times those racing thoughts are surrounding whatever it is that you're wanting to do. So if you decide that during your manic episode that you all of a sudden want to start a business and you want a particular type of business, you will constantly think about that type of business and you'll research it and you'll think about all the ways you can run that business and competition and where could you get a location and getting a loan and paperwork and your thoughts could be consumed with everything related to that business, which could feel like ruminating, definitely talk to your psychiatrist or whoever it is that's managing your medication. Definitely let them know that you're experiencing that because they'll then ask you questions to make sure, is this just ruminating on a on a one thing or is this related to mania or hypomania? Because let's face it, you are not always the best at knowing when you're hitting a mood episode. And I can't tell you how many people I've seen who were misdiagnosed Because they said, oh, I have these moments where my anxiety is just really high. Like, I'm so anxious. And what we find out later is that was a hypomanic episode or that was a mild manic episode. That wasn't, they were anxious. They just didn't have the right words to use. And to them subjectively, it just felt like anxiety.
0: I'm wondering, though, what's the difference between rumination and obsession? obsession in bipolar disorder is more clear. People become obsessed with these things and it's dangerous. And one of the things in bipolar disorder that people become obsessed with is, is suicidality. They become obsessed with this idea that they don't need to be here anymore. That, that's like a, I don't know, ruminations on steroids. And I'm, I'm using such incredibly lay terms. Can you medical this up for me?
1: Yeah. These are terms that of course, patients are going to use them interchangeably at times. It's a rumination, it's an obsession. It's, And we are typically, when we're thinking about, oh my gosh, what is this? We are really, really trying to conceptualize it in our brain to figure out where is this coming from? Is it part of this disorder or that disorder? Because we just want to make sure the treatment is right. And I will tell you, this may be an area where it's not always crystal clear when you first bring it up. This is going to be one of those times when you get mad at me because I might say, "Ooh, I'm not really sure exactly what this is coming from. Let's make sure your mood is really stable first. Let's make sure that we aren't misinterpreting some hypomanic symptoms as you know, a rumination that we might consider with an anxiety disorder or an obsession. We may want to make sure that your mood is really stable and you get mad at me. Not you personally, but you know.
0: No, you're blaming me. All of your patients are Gabe's
1: fault. You get mad at me, right? Because you say, I came to you because I'm anxious or I'm having these ruminating thoughts. Why are you worried about my mood? My mood is fine. Sometimes we just want to make sure your mood is great before we start mucking around with other stuff. At the end of the day, I don't know that it matters as much that we agree on what we're going to call it as long as we both have a good idea of what the symptoms are and we can monitor them and we can have open conversation about them. But be open to the fact that I might not respond in the way that you think I should respond in the beginning. Hi there, I'm Faye McCray, Editor-in-Chief of Psych Central. Whether you're looking for free resources, quizzes, or thought-provoking personal perspectives, Psych Central has what you need to join you on your mental health journey. Psych Central's talented team of award-winning writers, editors, and medical professionals are passionate about creating a safe, inclusive, and trustworthy environment where you feel seen and heard. Visit us now at psychcentral.com. That's psychcentral.com.
0: We're back discussing ruminations with bipolar disorder. Doing research for this show, Dr. Nicole, everybody agreed that it's a common symptom, but a rarely discussed symptom. And they also describe it, it's in the abstract. Like nobody can really decide exactly what it is, but people who experience it are positive that it exists, they're really, really worried about it, and they want help. And and I understand, whether it's ruminations, obsessions, if you get ultra-focused on a single idea, it impacts your life, right? You're not present in the moment because you're thinking about some other thing that happened, and you just ruminate and ruminate. So we've spoken about this in mania, but ruminations also occur in depression and a lot of depressive thoughts aren't starting a business, aren't running a 20K. I've decided to 20K, right? When you're ruminating about suicidality, when you become obsessed with death, when you ruminate about this idea about whether or not you should be alive, they're dangerous to yourself. Yeah. What do you do when you as a provider, as a professional, realize that somebody is just ruminating about something that is dangerous to themselves or others?
1: I mean, again, it's all about what phase is your mood in? It's all about what are your meds looking like? I mean, the important thing is that you tell us, regardless of whether you feel like we have the right answer or you don't want to tell us because you're embarrassed, because sometimes the thoughts that people have that they obsess over or they ruminate over, sometimes they're embarrassing. Just knowing that we have heard it all And knowing that you are not going to say anything that is going to surprise me or shock me, but bringing it up because I can't do anything about it if you never tell me that you're experiencing it. And there are things that we can do with medication to help with those thoughts, even if they are the depressive ruminating thoughts.
0: What are some coping skills that people can use to manage ruminations?
1: Beyond talking to whoever's prescribing your medication, uh, there are things that you can do because it can get quite uncomfortable. You don't want to have these thoughts. Some of the biggest recommendations that people have out there are distraction things, right? Like how can you distract yourself from these things? What does that look like for you? Is that calling somebody? Is that exercising? Is that dancing? Is that adult coloring. but what What does that look like for you? What's that thing that's going to distract you from your thoughts and literally get you out of your head for a second? And then some people, honestly, I have some people who they kind of give themselves a little bit of room for those obsessions or ruminations. So back to your email example, they set very firm boundaries with that level of worry that they're going to allow themselves to engage in. They may say, okay, I'm gonna check this email once an hour and that's it, or once every other hour until I get a response and that's it. So they allow themselves the room to check it a little bit. Uh, But then they don't allow themselves to continue to check it. So they set parameters. And that for them kind of gives them a little bit of uh, comfort to do that. And then I always think your circle is important. I really do. Like beyond your therapist, the people around you, that when things like that are going on, that you have people in your life that you can say, oh my God, I'm so stressed. I sent Dr. Nicole this email and she hasn't responded. I think probably she's going to quit the podcast and she's like, sending Healthline her resignation right now, you need somebody who's going to say, Gabe, seriously, it's an email, chill out. Like you need somebody to kind of reality test against, see if you're along the right path or if you're veering off the rails. I could
0: not agree more that having a strong support system is helpful in managing ruminations, because I, I cannot agree more that having a strong support system is helpful in managing bipolar disorder. And well, frankly, just managing life Several of the techniques that that I use, and I I do have a few is one, I I try not to send emails like that. It's just too much. Going back to our example, that would just be a bad email to say. I I would send you a message. I'd be like, hey, let's hop on a Zoom call. Let's just hash this out.
1: Right, yeah. Because there's no context with emails, right? Right. (laughs) Sometimes you do have to send the email, and I
0: understand that. You don't have the opportunity to jump on the call, and that's where, of course, this system breaks down. But whenever possible, whenever a conflict breaks out or something that I feel might be, I don't know, when I get that feeling in the pit of my stomach Text and email is not the way to handle that. Yeah, just handling it in person because it's over when it's over, right? Yeah. And I know that's hard. That brings up all kinds of other things that that people with bipolar disorder contend with. Confrontation. Maybe you're depressed and you don't want to leave the house. You haven't you haven't showered in three days. Who who knows? It, yeah, we get so many emails that are like, "Well, I can't zoom." That that's why email is better. I completely understand, but if possible, try because it, it'll it'll save you that time. Agreed. The next thing I want to say is just be aware of, of, of catastrophizing, which I, I think is a real word. I, I I got a real word, right? Catastrophizing. You
1: did. You did. Good. Yay. Yay. It's a real word.
0: Listen, it, it's okay to think about the, the worst case scenario. I, we're, we're human. The worst case scenario is Dr. Nicole could quit. So one, think about that and then think about, hey, a plan moving forward. I consider that to be prepared. Okay, if, if Dr. Nicole quits over this, what is my plan moving forward? Can I host the show alone? Who could be a backup person that I could talk about? That is acceptable. But I would also say, maybe think of a few other outcomes. The worst case scenario is that Dr. Nicole quits, all right? So you've done that. Why don't we go with the best case scenario where Dr. Nicole's like, cool, I didn't care. You know, we were in a brainstorming session and this didn't mean that much to me. I don't you you sound really worried for no reason or where Dr. Nicole says, hey, I understand. But you realize the next time you want to do a topic and I don't, I'm not going to compromise with you because you didn't compromise with me. OK, it
1: is on.
0: Right. Right. So that's fair. Think about that just to balance it out. Dr. Nicole, I love your distraction idea. Uh, you used exercise though, uh, and work. I, I'm going to say, try something fun. <laughs> get 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 distracted by going to a concert. Go to a movie. You can't just just impulsively decide
1: to go to a concert. You don't know. Send an email right before the concert
0: and then while i'm at the concert you will reply i'm i'm really glad that i stumbled upon this because i did this once where i sent the email right before i left for a concert right? Because, you know, it was like near the end of the day. I sent the email and I went to the concert and you can ask my wife. She is still to this day furious. I spent the entire (laughs) concert checking my phone, waiting (gasps) for the response.
1: You did not.
0: I did. I absolutely did. I just ruminated over and over. And the person never responded until the next morning. (laughs) I ruined date night. I ruined concert tickets that cost hundreds of dollars. It, It was a complete waste of time. What I learned and I will pass this on to all of you, is I should have sent that email in the morning. If I had to send an email, I should have waited until the morning to send that email because then I wouldn't have been worried about what Dr. Nicole was thinking.
1: Is that true? Or would you just have had all day to ruminate about whether I sent it to you and it just wouldn't have ruined date night? Obviously, it's
0: (laughs) tough and you've got to decide that the thing that (laughs) triggers it for me, it was giving you the bad news. Knowing that I'm giving you the bad news wasn't, wasn't as big of a deal. I think, Dr. Nicole, many of us get in, in these rumination situations because we move too fast. An email comes in and we have to answer quickly. Like, I have to answer you within five minutes of receiving that email. I think it's okay to just say, you know what? I, I'm not sure what I'm going to do here. I'm pretty sure I'm going to tell her no. I'm pretty sure I'm going to set a hard boundary. But why don't I wait till tomorrow? Well, why don't I hang out with my wife? Why don't I go to the concert? Especially when you've got like an event coming up, right? Yeah. Why don't yeah. I just go to the event and live in the moment for that mm-hmm. and then pick this up tomorrow? And then that way you've got some time. I think that's just good advice. But Forget about ruminations for a moment. I think that's just good advice, period. Yeah. But you are right. There is the possibility that I would just ruminate over and over and over again about sending you the email.
1: Yeah, all day long about it. I do believe yeah. too, though. When a person, whether it's I'm anxious about something or you can't stop thinking about that one thing or that one conversation, having a set of questions. And Sometimes I work with people on developing their set of questions. One is how urgent is this and how important is it, right? It may be important, but if it's not urgent, Can it wait another day? Do I have to respond now? Do I have to deal with this at this moment? Where do you want to prioritize it, right? So giving it a priority stamp. Is it urgent? Is it important? Is it neither of those things? Sometimes we ruminate about things that aren't urgent or important. Neither. They're just things. Realistically, if I go to bed tonight and don't have this answer, is my life going to change one way or the other? Once you have your set of questions, because a lot of times it's the same questions that you can put to any situation, and then you, it can help you kind of, okay, you're right. I don't have to deal with this today. This is for another day. I can deal with this tomorrow. I can follow up tomorrow. I can do whatever I need to do, but that's not more important than date night. So I'm going to sit it to the side. And your wife is a saint, by the way.
0: My wife is a saint. <laughs> there is absolutely no doubt in my mind that my wife is a saint, but listen, I'm a saint too. Do you know how much I tolerate from this
1: woman? No. Literally. No, I don't. I don't.
0: I- I'm telling you, I do all the cooking. I do all the cleaning. I manage the entire house. My wife is the most spoiled wife in the history of wives, except for the part where she's married to me. Like That, that part is hard. Have
1: you been talking to my husband? Because I feel like... <laughs> I feel like he would say the exact same things and has said the exact same things about me on multiple occasions. So there you go.
0: Dr. Nicole, I always enjoy hanging out with you. It's interesting that many of the things that that really impact people with bipolar disorder aren't talked about. I mean, mania and depression gets talked about all the time. But ruminations is one of these things that I really hear a lot of. And I'm just not seeing a lot of people actually admitting that it's a real thing. And, And this is my final medical question for you is bipolar rumination a real thing? I I understand it's not in the DSM-5, but with a yes or no answer, is it real? Or is it something that just exists in the heads of people with bipolar disorder?
1: I think we still don't know where we fall on on that answer. I mean, if you have bipolar disorder, and you find that you ruminate, I still don't know that I can call it officially a bipolar rumination or something that's unique to bipolar disorder. So I'm going to say no. Bring on the negative emails. Bring it. I got I got it. I'm ready for you. But I'm gonna have to land on the no side.
0: That's interesting. I just want to make sure to to clarify. You're not saying that ruminations don't hurt people or are impactful. Yeah. You're just saying that attaching it to bipolar disorder is nonsense. We should just be <laughs> discussing ruminations.
1: Gabe, I did not say nonsense. I, I feel say, like you said I nonsense. Didn't say I feel nonsense. like you said fake. I, I feel like said you said fake. if your mood is in a normal state, and you're having these ruminations, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's related to your bipolar illness. That's all I said. Quit putting words in my mouth. I,
0: I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. Let me ask you the question differently. Okay. Are ruminations real? And can they be impactful to someone?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So
0: it's just the bipolar rumination <laughs> part that is sketchy. I
1: I just really struggle with saying that it's always related to the bipolar illness. Yes. I don't know if sketchy is the word that I would use, but we'll roll with it for now.
0: <laughs> hey, I, I use the word sketchy. You didn't. <laughs> Dr. Nicole, I-, I appreciate you being honest about it, right? Because if you Google bipolar rumination, there's hundreds of thousands of articles on it. So the internet has decided it's a real thing. But, but I hope that everybody hears that if you are having ruminations, if you are obsessing on a thought, if you are ultra focused on something and you can't get out of it, if your life is impacted, the name of it is irrelevant. Seek help. Talk to a friend, an online support group, an in-person support group, a therapist. Talk to your doctor. Nobody is saying that it's not real. We seem to just be having a semantics argument.
1: All the time. If I could get us to just focus on the symptoms and try to treat those and what we're dealing with... And less about it has to be this diagnosis or I have this thing. Like, let's, let's just sometimes take a step back and figure out what's uncomfortable and, and approach it that way. I agree with that. I hate having these name game battles with people because they want me to put something in their chart that doesn't exist.
0: I completely agree. My name is Gabe Howard, and I am the author of Mental Illness is an Asshole and Other Observations. I'm also a public speaker who travels nationally. You can get my book on Amazon, but of course, you can head over to my website and get a signed copy with free swag. That website is GabeHoward.com.
1: And my name is Dr. Nicole Washington, and you can find me on all social media platforms at Dr. Nicole Syke to see all the things I have my hand in at any given moment.
0: And hey, can you do us a favor? Wherever you downloaded this episode, please subscribe or follow. It is absolutely free. And we need another favor. Share the show. Sharing the show is how we grow. Tell everybody you know. We will see you next Monday on Inside Bipolar.
1: You've been listening to Inside Bipolar from Healthline Media and PsychCentral.com. Have feedback for the show? Email us at show at psychcentral.com. Previous episodes can be found at psychcentral.com slash IBP or on your favorite podcast player. Thank you for listening.